It is good to be together and uh, worship today. And again, if you're visiting with us today, if you're new uh, today, a special welcome to you. Pray that you feel loved and, and welcomed and encouraged. And uh, we want you to know there's a place for you here. Um, there's some seats open in the front row. So if you're ever looking for a spot, just shove away your Lutheran tendencies and just come down here. John and I are lonely sometimes. So uh, maybe it's been a little bit tight physically, but there's still a place for you here spiritually. Emotionally, in our family, there is a place for you here. So don't worry about that. We'll get more chairs, uh, even if it's been a little snug uh, in here lately. But um, you keep inviting your friends. You keep doing what you're doing and keep inviting your friends, and we'll find a place uh, for people here because we love connecting people with Jesus. We love seeing people's lives changed uh, when God is on the move. Uh, We love watching him work. So uh, today is a unique day. Uh, and that we're kind of transitioning. Last year, we kind of ushered in the new year. Today is a unique day as we're kind of in between sermon series. We got through Christmas. Well, we didn't get through it. We celebrated Christmas. It was awesome. Jeez, uh, Christmas, what a drag. Um, wow, this is going to be an interesting day. So, um, happy new year. And now it's January 9th, and we're in uh, kind of the middle of sermon series. And next week, we're going to start a message series called Turning the World Right Side Up at all of our campuses at, at Hope. And uh, we're going to be talking about a lot about uh, the book of Matthew, in, particular, in particularly uh, the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5 and Jesus' uh, Sermon on the Mount. Um, but we're kind of in an in-between week uh, this time. And so um, we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, the Beatitudes coming up. Um, we're going to let Jesus preach. He was a pretty good preacher, knew what he was doing. So we're going to let him have the platform for a while. Um, and so imagine that if you saw on the website, who's preaching next week? JC from Nazareth, you'd probably show up. Um, so we're going to let him do, do some of that. But today as we're heading into 2011, we're kind of beginning a new year together. Um, today's message is going to have a little bit different flavor. And for some of you that have been around for a while, it might be some things that you've heard before, but it never hurts to hear them again because it's the core of who we are. Today is, is what we call a root Sunday. And we do this three times a year to remind us of who we are and where we're going, um, of our vision. We're going, to be, we're going to be answering that question, what does it mean to be us? Who, who are we uh, as a church? And for someone on, maybe on the outside or for you today that this is your first time or somebody that just drives by Hubble out there and sees those signs and they say, City Branch, Hope City Branch, what's that all about? Who are they? What are the deepest and, and truest things about us as a church? What are our Roots. What are our roots? Say roots together. Roots. Roots. Nice enthusiasm. Thank you. So as it turns out, our scripture today has a lot to say about our roots, about our foundation. So if you still got your Bibles open, um, open up to Jeremiah chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. Scripture has a lot to say about our roots, that they're very, very important. So in Jeremiah chapter 17, beginning in verse 7, it says this, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him, and that's a key phrase, whose confidence is in him, not in humans. They will be like a tree that is planted by the water, that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. That's why we're here. We're here, we're here to bear fruit for the kingdom of God. And so we know that Scripture tells us we got to have really solid roots The question is, what are those roots? Because the roots are going to give nourishment to the rest of the tree, and that's how we bear fruit. In other words, the strength of your roots is going to determine the fruit of your life. 
It's going to determine the fruit of your business. It's going to determine the, the, the fruit of your family and of your church. What are the deepest and truest things about you? What's the center of everything that we do? There was a young man who uh, uh, visited a local church one day for the first time, and he was just kind of checking it out, and it, it was kind of his first time in a new church, and that can be kind of intimidating sometimes. And he was walking around and, and just kind of watching people do their thing, and, and he was talking to the different leaders and, and just kind of checking it out. And when the service is done, he went up front and, and he talked to the pastor, and he kind of shook the pastor's hands and said to him, he said, what's the deal around here? kind of had a dumbfounded look on his face, and so sort of taken back, the pastor said, uh, I, uh, what do you mean? And he said, well, it's almost like everywhere I go, every, everything I see in this church, everyone I talk to, it's like they're all telling me the same thing. It's like they're all speaking the same language or something. It doesn't matter if they're young or old or rich or poor or from the city or from the suburb, how much money they have in their bank account. Everybody was speaking the same thing. It's almost like you took the same heart and stuck it in every single person. And that's what he encountered that day. And and he couldn't quite put his finger on it, but what he's trying to get to is the word vision. The vision was very clear. It's the roots. It's the vision. What is at the core of who you are? What he encountered that day was a church, was a community of people that first knew who they were, and secondly, knew where they were going. And both of those is important. But the funny thing is, is I open up this entire message and I say, today we're going to talk about us. And you're like, John, it's not about us. We talk about that every single week. It's not about us. It's about God, right? And that's true because it's really all about him. We can't really talk all about us without really saying, well, it's really all about him. And those of you that have been around for a while, for any length of time, know that we really don't take ourselves too seriously because we can't, but we take God very seriously. And that's a big important distinction there. We love to take God seriously because he's the deal. Man, he is the big deal. He is the main attraction. He's the center. He's the focus of everything that we do, uh, everything that we are. Life is not about us. The church is not about us and will never be about us. And that that may be the the greatest and most life-changing thing that you'll hear today. Life is not about you. And that's a radical shift in your thinking and in your heart when that really grips a hold of you. Life is not about you, and it will never be. It's all about him through you. Life is not about you, but about the one who created you. Life is about the one who gave his life for you, who created this whole idea of church. And so before we start talking about us, I just want to remind us of why we're talking about us, because we're living in the light of the God of the universe who is all-glorious and all-powerful and deserves all the honor and praise. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, I'm just going to put that out in front of us this morning, is uh, in Psalm 115. And I think we got that up on the screen, if we can read this. Let's read this strong and confidently together. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name goes all the glory for your unfailing love and faithfulness. So today when I say we're going to talk about us, what what I'm I'm not doing, I'm not putting ourselves in the center, but the idea that I want us to grab a hold of this morning is that we are the people of God. We are the people of God, and that is a big big, big deal. And it comes with a big, big opportunity. And that is to be God's representatives 
in the world. There aren't any other group of people that are God's representatives in the world besides you, besides us, the church, not just Hope, not just City Branch, but the church worldwide. And so we get to do that. We get to be God's representatives in the world. And guess what? The mission isn't just about how am I going to get to heaven someday. The mission is to be God's agents of love in the world today, right now, just as we are, to love like he loves, to serve like he serves, to go where he tells us to go and do what he tells us to do. The life-changing love of Jesus Christ in and through us as the local church living and moving and breathing in the world. That's powerful. And it reminds me, another one of my favorite scriptures is Colossians 1.27. And it goes like this. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you. Just breathe that in for a second. Let that soak in this morning. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Sometimes I believe that we forget that what we're doing here, not just Sunday morning, not just singing a few songs and setting up some chairs and and playing church. What we're doing here, what's happening here among us as we gather is the most important thing in the world. Not us. Christ in you, inhabiting the world. Not just going to church or or putting in your hour on Sunday morning, but being the church in the world is powerful. And to me, in one word, awesome. Absolutely awesome. But only if it was that easy. Only if it was that easy. Only if we had that vision, if we had that excitement, if we had that passion every single day. You might be looking at me right going, going, John, you are just sick. You probably wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and stand up and look at your wife and say, the church is powerful. The local church is awesome and I'm so fired up and I'm excited for work today. No, not always. Some days it's, right? But then I get here. And I come here and I'm with all of you and I see your faces and I'm like, that is the hope of the world. You are not the hope of the world. Christ living through the local church is the hope of the world. And that's why we're here. But only if it was that easy. Only if it was, only if we remember, only if we remembered to live that way every single day. Because the fact of the matter is vision leaks. Vision leaks. Do you know what I'm saying? Just nod your head if you kind of know what I'm saying. If you don't, just continue to stare at me with that blank stare, and we'll get there. What I mean is that every single one of us has a vision bucket, or for the sake of us today, a vision styrofoam cup. Every single one of us has a vision bucket. And in your vision bucket is the very center, is the very core of who you are. And in your vision bucket is the place where your passion comes from. It's the place where your desire comes from. It's the place where, where you're serving and you're loving and being a light in the world comes from. Luke chapter 6 talks about this. It says, A good man or woman brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And so the truth is, how we live, how we live as the church, how we carry out that role as the body of Christ depends on whether we're filled up. And so our job is to stay filled up. And so we know that we're called to be in God's word every single day. And so we read God's word 
and he pours his life into us. And we know we're called to communicate with God, to talk with God, to have a relationship with him. And so we develop a prayer life, and we get even more filled up. And we know we're called to worship regularly. Worship isn't just something you do if you have time. It's who you are. It's what you were created to do. And so we, whoa, we worship on a regular basis. And uh, we know that we're called to serve. We know that we're called to love. We know that we're called to share our faith. And that fills us up. And we continue to do that, and things are going really, really well for us. We're connecting with God. We feel like we're growing in our faith. God starts to move in our life. We get fired up. We're growing. We're connecting with others. Maybe we join a small group. We're confident in who we are in Christ. We're full. This is, this is full. But then life happens. And you know what I'm talking about. Life happens, and all that passion, and all that excitement, and all that desire Vision leaks. Vision starts to leak. You know, life gets busy and, and we get a new job and so we kind of go through a transition and our hours change and the kids start some new activities in the new year and the schedule changes and man, there's just not as much time as there used to be and oh, we've got all sorts of projects to finish at home and oh, I had to work late again and so, man, you know it's cold outside? It's January. Ugh, I don't feel like going anywhere, you know? I just think I'm going to stay home from church today, you know? In fact, my small group probably won't even notice I'm gone. They don't really care. Wow, where did that week go? Man, that co worker is just driving me crazy at work, and man, for some reason, I've just been feeling really disconnected lately. You know, I feel really lonely lately. In fact, I'm not really sure if I have anything to give anymore. Man, you know, it's been a while since I've done anything for others, since I've worried about somebody other than myself, and oh, you know what? It's not really that important. I'll, I'll connect with God next week, next month, next year, and pretty soon... You're empty because vision leaks. And it's just kind of one thing at a time. And we get kind of busy. And we get wrapped up in other things. You're waiting for me to spill this whole thing. Just go with me. Vision leaks. And we don't notice it at first, but we just start to feel kind of disconnected with God Vision leaks, and it starts seeping out, and it's January in Iowa, and who really cares about church in January? And little by little, it just starts to leak, and you get the idea, until one day we just kind of wake up and realize, I'm empty. And I, I read in God's word, Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Well, then why do I feel so empty. And so my question to you today is, are you full or are you just getting by? Are you feeling that slow leak and maybe it's time to get filled up? And Jesus says to us today, both individ individually and as a church, I want to fill you up. I want to fill you up today. I want to remind you of who you are as a man or woman of God, and I want to remind you of who you are as the church. And it's not about this whole laundry, this legalistic laundry list of all the things that I need to do to be good enough to fill myself up, to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. It's about coming to Jesus as we are and letting Jesus speak his truth into us. To which he says, You are the church. You are my bride. You are my beloved. 
And today, Jesus says, I want to pour my life-giving water back into you so that you can be one of those people that gives from abundance, not from desperation. And Jesus says to us in his word, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And he says, the water that I give you will be a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That's how I want to live, like one of those fountains, not leaking all over the place, not empty. Vision leaks, but today, if you don't hear me say anything else, hear this. Vision leaks, but we know where to go for life. We know where to go, and it's not back into yourself to try to figure it out on your own. We go to the source. And so he wants to fill us up today as individuals, and he wants to fill us up today as a church to remind us who we are as the people of God, specifically here at Hope. And that's why you have a green sheet in front of you this morning. So I want to encourage you to follow along and go ahead and pull those outlines out. They're underneath your seats if you haven't pulled them out already. And you're welcome to kind of fill that out. There's pens on the chairs to kind of fill that out as we go and to be reminded of who we are in a fresh way. It says, I want to fill you up today and be reminded of who you are. So if I, if I just skip something, just yell at me. So who are we? Who are we? Some random Joe guy comes up to you on the street tomorrow and says, yeah, I see all these cars at the Hubble Elementary School on Sunday morning. What do they do in school on Sunday morning? No, we're the church, so who are we? First of all, Hope City Branch is a satellite campus. No, we're not floating in space, and no, I'm not a pastor not. <laughs> Hope City Branch is a satellite, meaning we're a campus of Lutheran Church of Hope, West Des Moines, North Branch, and Ankeny, and us. We're a part of a much bigger family. It means that we have the same mission, vision, and values as the rest of Hope. We're not just this random satellite floating in outer space. We're connected. We're a family. We celebrate with each other. We pray for each other. We don't compete or compare with each other. We just ask, how can we be the church in Des Moines on 42nd Street? And West Des Moines asked, how can we be the church in West Des Moines? And Waukee and Clive and Ankeny asked, how can we be the church in Ankeny? Because we're called to specifically reach out to this community. Because there's tens and thousands of people in the metro area that do not have a church home. And until that's not the case, we will be here. Our work is not Done. And so we're not here to steal from other churches. We're not here to shuffle the sheep around and the people of God go from that church to that church to that church. Yes, we want you to connect somewhere, but we have great relationships with the other churches, specifically in this area. And I, I meet with those other pastors from time to time, and, and they send some people to us when they don't like them anymore. And if I don't like you, I send them. No, I'm just joking. But we have great relationships, and it's okay to find somewhere where you connect, but then plug in plug in and be a part of the body. It doesn't do the body any good if you're the hand and the hand is floating over there and we see the hand once in a while and the arm goes, where's the hand? I need the hand. We need you to be here. We need to be a part of the body of Christ. We're all on the same team. The truth of what we're trying to do here in the city of Des Moines is that it's not about how many members you have, it's about how many disciples you're making. And again, it's not about numbers, it's about depth. It's about who we're becoming. Secondly, on your outline there, we're a Jesus first, Jesus church first, and a Lutheran church second. Meaning, what does that mean? Meaning that our theology, what we teach, what, what we teach is going to come from a, a Lutheran slant, but the most important thing is not that you're Lutheran, the most important thing is that you know Jesus Christ. That's our heartbeat, that's the most important thing. Lutheranism is named after 
a famous theologian that looks like this guy. And if you can kind of see that, that's Martin Luther. And if that doesn't make you want to become a Lutheran, I don't know what does. <laughs> Martin Luther. So our goal is not to convert you to Lutheranism. Our goal is to connect you in a relationship with Jesus Christ and to help you go deeper. And that would be Martin's heartbeat as well. He knew Jesus Christ and he knew the power of his resurrection. He would want you to know that as well. But we want you to know too that so many people that are a part of the Hope family are not Lutheran. We would love to tell you more about what that's all about and we're going to dig into that in a little bit, but that's not the main point. Because when people hear the word Lutheran, they, hear lo- they think of lots of different things. And I grew up Lutheran and my dad was a Lutheran pastor and my grandpa was a Lutheran pastor and his dad was a Lutheran pastor and it just makes you sick. That's not the point. That's great. That's awesome. We love our theology, but we love Jesus even more, and he's the most important thing. And, and so when you hear Lutheran, don't be, don't be confused. There's kind of the cultural part of being Lutheran. It's you got your jello with the, the pear shavings in it, and then the carrot shavings on top. If you're Methodist, it's red. Maybe I got that backed up. You know, red jello, green jello. Okay, you're Sven and Oli jokes, Garrison Keeler. Okay, that's cultural Lutheran stuff, okay? When you see Lutheran under Lutheran Church of Hope, for us, what that means is it's our roots, right? We're talking about our roots. It's the core of who we are. It's our theology. So a little Lutheran 101 for you here today. So what's up with the Lutheran in Lutheran Church of Hope? Well, what does that mean? For Martin Luther, it was about the solas. Say solas. Sola, so basically sola is a Latin word for alone. So alone, not in a bad way, but in this is what it's really all about. Martin Luther was trying to nail it down. So what are the solas? First of all, um, grace alone. I'm not going to read them in Latin for you because I'd butcher them, but grace alone. What does that mean? It means that it is by grace we have been saved. Luther's not pulling these out of nowhere right out of scripture. It is by grace we have been saved. So we talk about that. It's not by our own works. We don't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We don't earn God's love. An easy way to remember grace alone, grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace, a little acronym there for you. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace alone. Secondly, faith alone. Faith alone. It's by putting our faith in Jesus Christ and him alone. It's putting our faith in in that grace, in what God has already done. It's not something we manufacture. Thirdly, word alone. You wonder, why do we encourage you to bring your Bibles every week? Why do we encourage you to take those home with you? Is because we believe that Scripture is powerful. We believe that Scripture is God's word, that it's divine, that it's the final authority on our lives, and we believe that it changes lives. It's not a book that's meant to collect dust up on your bookshelf. It is living and it is active like a double-edged sword, as Scripture says. And it's going to cut right to the heart of who you are. And so you've got that Bible in front of you today and you haven't cracked that open in a while. Open it up. Open it up and read it and digest it and chew on it and wrestle with it and watch God change your lives. We're not ashamed to talk about it and we're not ashamed to preach about it. Lastly, Christ alone. Christ alone. And this is the one that ties it all together. Jesus is our direct connection to God. We can talk to God right here, right now. So can you anytime, anywhere. And in some other uh, forms of Christianity and other denominations, there's, uh, there's leaders or there's uh, a pope or somebody that kind of intercedes for you uh, as you're praying or confessing. We go right to God. As Lutherans, we believe that there's that direct connection. It's Christ alone. He is the mediator between God and man. And we believe that all of us, anytime, 
have access to God, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, period. Lastly, and this is one of my favorite ones, is the priesthood of all believers. Say priesthood. 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 Oh, a little gangster coming out in me there. Priesthood. Um, one of those church phrases, but basically my question for you is, who's the minister in this church? Please don't say me. Who's the minister in this church? We are, exactly. You are. Every single one of you. You don't have to have initials after your name. Every single one of you is a priest, meaning you have that direct access to God. And all of you can participate in what's going on in the church. In the book of Acts, it says the Spirit of God has been poured out on all. What kind of people? All people. That includes you today, no matter who you are, no matter if you don't have the entire Old Testament memorized, no matter if you don't have all the answers about Christianity figured out, the Spirit of God has been poured out on all people. And so you can do it. This is empowering for you. You are the ministers of this church. You can pray for each other. I love after worship walking around here and seeing just random groupings of people pray for each other. I don't need to pray for everybody. I love praying, but you can pray for each other. And it's absolutely incredible. And we encourage you to do that. You can visit people in the hospital. You can lead Bible studies. It's empowering. It's not about the pastor having all the fun, because that wouldn't just be anybody, any fun and doing all the ministry. But I love you. I love you as a church because you're active and because you're involved. And when I look out here, when I look at you, I don't just see faces in a crowd. I see small group leaders and I see sound engineers, and I see setup crews, and I see chair teams, and I see children's ministry teams. I see workers for the harvest because the Spirit of God is inside of you. You have the power, okay? Or Star Wars fans, the force is with you, right? Maybe something like that. You have the power. Elbow your neighbor and say, you got the power. You got the power. You got the power. power. So today I don't want to just talk to you about... um, being the church, um, you're doing it. You are doing it. You are being the church. Okay, next part of your outline. What is the heart of hope? Who are we? And you've heard this before, but it never hurts to look at it again. Hope's mission, and let's read this together. This is our mission as a church, to reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. So right away from the get-go, you know that we're outwardly focused. We are a sent people. All throughout scripture, God is sending. He's sending his people. He's gathering them together for the sake of sending them out. The church is not a social club. The not a, church is not a place for you just to come and just be in your comfort zone or, or find your little click. The church is the church. The church is the church. It's not something that we want to make it. And this is, this is so vitally important. Our mission is what defines us. Our mission is is what defines us. The great thing is that no matter what, if you were to leave and come back in 50 years, maybe we won't be worshiping here, but you come back to City Branch in 50 years, I guarantee that's what we'll be doing. We'll be reaching out to the world around us with the everlasting love of Jesus Christ. And that doesn't matter if we have 80 satellites or three satellites. That's going to be our mission. That's what we'll be doing. So what defines us? Well, it's not our size, because we're growing. Not just in width, in depth. And that's just as important. Because our goal is not to be 100 people. Our goal is not to be 200 people. Our goal is not to be 1,000 people. Our goal is to be whoever God wants this church to be. Because it's his church. We don't get to tell him what kind of a church he wants to make it. We know that healthy things do grow 
both in width and in depth as we put out our roots. But here's the thing. We could be a mile wide, but an inch deep. And I don't want to be a part of that kind of church. I don't want to be a mile wide, but an inch deep. I want to go deep. I want to put our roots down deep. So ultimately, we're not defined by who we're not either. Because we're against something. Well, we're going to go to City Branch because I'm against that. I'm against what that church is doing or what that organization is doing or that agenda or that political stance or whatever. So I'm going to go to City Branch because we're against that. No, we want you to be a part of our family because we're for that. Not because we're against it, but because we're for that. And so the question is, are you on board with the mission not with the size or the worship style or how people look or how good the preaching is. <gasps> Are you on board with the mission? That's the big question. So underneath that umbrella of reach out to the world around us and share the everlasting love of Jesus Christ, God has given us two specific areas of ways that we're carrying that out here at City Branch, and that's to build missional leaders and to build bridges. No, not physically. And again, this is God's mission. It's not ours. We're not just sitting around one day and saying, oh, reach out to the world around and share the language of Jesus Christ. That sounds like a good mission. We'll just throw that one in there. No, it's from Scripture. And so let's read this today. First of all, building missional leaders. Let's read this uh, next Scripture uh, together from Matthew chapter 28. This is the Great Commission. Let's read this together. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it goes on from there. So build missional leaders. What does that mean? What we feel like Jesus is saying here is that we desire for you to be disciples, and I think this is on your sheet, disciples living as missionaries. Maybe you've never thought of yourself as a missionary before. What does that mean? First of all, disciple means apprentice. We want you to be apprentices of Jesus. You're learning to live like him, that you're disciples. And there's a big difference between disciples and audience members. We don't want a church full of audience members. You can go to a concert or a show for that. We're disciples learning to live like him because faith is an active thing. And so ultimately, we can't keep our faith to ourselves so that we're going throughout our days. We're giving it away. We're living missionally, one that's learning to live like Jesus, and then you just invite other people to walk with you. That's what it means to be a disciple living as a missionary. I'm learning, I'm in process, I'm not perfect yet, but come along and let's figure this out together. It's not get it all figured out, get yourself cleaned up, get your life together, and then come and be my disciple. It's right now who you are, Sunday, January 9th, come and be my disciple, Jesus says, and I'm going to teach you how to give it away. I'm going to teach you how to live like me. So missional leaders, because you're missionaries every single day, and I will never stop telling you that because that's one of the most important things you could ever hear. You're not here to just take up space. You're here that when you leave those doors, you are a missionary. And your mission field might be work, it might be school, it might be your neighbors, it might be the coffee shop. But we want to empower you to live for Jesus the other 167 hours of the week that you're not here. Because I don't want to just get together for an hour every week and play church. We're here to send you out because you're a sent people. So, missional leader, secondly, is based on the great commandment, and that's building bridges. So let's read this together from Mark chapter 12. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. 
The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. They're so intertwined, you can't separate them. You can't love your neighbor and fully and not love God. You can't love God and hate your neighbor, is what Jesus says. And this is where we get building bridges to the city. Because when you think about bridges, bridges don't divide people, they connect them. Bridges connect people that normally wouldn't connect. Bridges break down barriers. And sometimes there's barriers that exist between the church and between the very people that we're trying to reach. We get all in our holy huddle sometimes, and we kind of get in our little Christian subculture, and we're like, it's us and them, and there's the world over there. And, and, and some people say, well, if you're a church in the city, then you should be against the city because there's all this sin and all those problems and all those worldly people out there. So just keep them over there, and we'll be the church over here. Well, I don't see that in Scripture anywhere. But other people said, you know, we should, just, uh, we should just avoid the city. If we're a church in the city, we should just avoid them because I, just, I don't want to deal with it. And we can just be our little holy huddle over here. But I don't see that either. Instead, I think it's fairly obvious in Scripture that I would believe what Jesus is saying is, City Branch, be for the city. Be for the good of the city. For the better good of the entire city. We want to bless the city of Des Moines, that Des Moines is going to be a different place tomorrow because of what happened here today. That we're not just saying, we're going to do church and you come to us. But there's going to be a significant amount of time that we spend in everything that we do as a church that's going to be out there going to people instead of expecting them to come to us. And a great question that I always remind our missions team and our leadership team that I have to constantly remind ourselves, myself is, if we were to leave tomorrow, if we would just pack all this up and send all of you home and just be done with the whole thing, would the city miss us? Would the city of Des Moines weep because we're gone? And if the answer is to that, maybe not, then maybe we need to kind of reevaluate what we're doing here. Are we just going through the motions? And I, I think the question, the answer to that is yes. There would be a lot of people that would miss us, and that's a great thing. So the goal, and I think this is on your sheet, the goal is to be a visible and life-giving presence. A visible and life-giving presence. When you, when you come here on a Sunday morning, we want you to leave filled up, <laughs> not leaky. Don't leave leaky. You can quote me on that. Don't leave leaky. Stay filled up. We want to be a life-giving presence because ultimately, those tens of thousands of people that are looking for a church home, they're not looking for more religion. They're looking for life. And we know where that's found, and so we don't point them to ourselves. We point them to the one that can give them life. And so that's the target. It's about building missional leaders and about building bridges to the city. Now, switching gears just a little bit to the next part of your outline. We talked about who we are. We talked about who our mission is. So what does that mean for you? How do you respond to that? What does it mean for you to be a part of Hope City Branch? Well, the first thing that you see there is that one of our key beliefs is that church isn't just what you get. We hope that it moves toward what I can give. It's not what can I get out of it. It's what can I give? What can I offer? We don't come in with the attitude of, you know, what can I get out of it today? Because I just want to consume, and I'm going to go to Walmart, and then I'm going to go to Hy-Vee, and then I'm going to go to Hope. And I hope they have something for me today. Well, we want you to get filled up. We want you to get fed. We want you to feel connected. But 
what if we painted this picture? What if you walked in to worship? Wherever you go, wherever you go, what if you walked in to worship with the attitude of, who can I bless today? Hmm. Who's going to get loved today? And then go after them, right? Go after them with Jesus' love. Totally different attitude, right? I'm walking in, okay, where can I serve? Where can I help out, right? Jesus says to his disciples, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. We're not expecting you to come in here and die, but die to yourself maybe. Give your life away. That's how we start living our lives like Jesus. So an easy way to remember these next four little points is the four G's. Say the four G's. Four G's. G's. So first of all, gather. We know that worship is a get-to, not a got-to. Worship is a get-to, not a got-to. It's because we were created to worship. Worship is essential to your spiritual growth. And, and, And we desire that worship would take priority over all the other activities in the midst of your busy lives. And and I'm just going to suggest this. If you're too busy for worship, you're too busy. And that's not a, that's not a legalistic statement. That's a, I'm going to come knocking at your door if I don't see you. I know you're being the church out there. It's not because I'm going to come hunt you down. It's because I just care about you. And I care about your heart. And I know that inside every single one of us, you weren't made for Charles C. McGuire Gymnasium. You were made to connect with the one who created you. That's why worship is important. Because it's essential to becoming who you are. Because it's what's in here that's most important. Not just singing the songs and going through the routine. And finally, with worship, we don't want you to miss out on what's going on here each week. It would be my dream that as you see each other around town during the week, you're saying, were you at City Branch on Sunday? Holy cow! And I please have it nothing to do with the preacher's sermon or the amazing worship or the glazed donut holes or anything like that. I pray that you would say, did you see what God did on Sunday? Because remember, it's all about him. Did you see what God did? God showed up in this way. God showed me this, and I would have loved to have you be there. You don't take long, romantic walks on the beach during sunset by yourself. Anything good is meant to be shared. And the same thing is true with worship. Oh, did you see the sunset? Did you see what God did? The creator of the sunset? I can't wait until Sunday because I want to see God change lives. Okay, so the first one is gather, is a get-to, not a got-to. The second one is grow. The second G is grow because Christianity is a growing experience. Christianity is a growing experience. Believe it or not, there's no perfect people sitting around you today. I hate to burst your bubble. One, okay, good. Um, Life is not about you. Life is not about you. There are no perfect people. We've got flaws. We've got imperfections. Every single one of us has room to grow. We're not perfect. And I say that, and you're like, well, duh, yeah, John, everybody gets that. But some of us in our walk with God, we get into this mindset that it's like school, that it's like college. And when I grew up, you know, you might be saying, I went to church and I went to Sunday school and I went to confirmation. I took some classes. I've been a part of churches before. I've done the Bible studies, so I'm good. I graduated from Christianity. But again, I don't see that in scripture either. And so my question for you today is if you're sitting there saying, you know, I've, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt with church, are you giving it away? Are you giving it away? God didn't give you wisdom and experience and maturity to hoard it and keep it to yourself. Who are you pouring your life into today? 
Because maybe the best years of your Christian walk are ahead of you, not behind you. In fact, I believe that. That's true. So if you're sitting there today and saying, you know what, I'm kind of around retirement age. I don't really have anything to do anymore because I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, read the Bible study. You have so much to offer. You have so much to give. And for the rest of us, a lot of us get really complacent and we get on this plateau of faith. And so a good question for all of us, no matter where we're at this morning, is what's my next step? We always have to be thinking that. What's my next step? Not checklist, check the box, check the box. What's my next step? And if you think you've arrived, then go back to the beginning and grab a friend and bring him with you. That's what maturity is. Giving it away. Giving yourself away. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's opening up. Maybe it's joining a small group and opening yourself up to things that you've never experienced before. Maybe it's joining a group. And that's our third G is groups. So gather, grow, and finally three, uh, one more, finally three is groups. And so as we grow in width, as you see our numbers expanding and we're going to be at the walls here pretty soon, I pray that we would grow small as we go big. And that's what small groups do for us. There's have been a, some people that have come up and said, John, I'm I just starting to feel disconnected. And I say, have you joined a team? No. Have you served anywhere? No. Have you joined a small group? No. Why do I feel so disconnected? Right? Sometimes the issue is not out there. The issue is in here. God says it's a matter of the heart. And we believe that life change, that life transformation, discipleship, takes place best in community. We believe that discipleship is doing life together. Churches doing life together. The best small groups have fun together. The best small groups laugh together. The best small groups serve together. They don't just sit around and talk about being community. They do community. Church is about doing life together. And so my question for you today is, who really knows you? Not your golfing buddies, not the people you watch TV with, your favorite TV show. Who knows you? Yes, God knows you, but who knows you sitting here today? Who challenges you? And finally, number four, give. And there's three different ways that you can give. So uh, we've got gather, grow, groups, and finally, number four, give. The first way is to serve. And I said that the most, I've said it before, the most joy-filled people in this church are the ones who serve. Even when it's early and we're setting up those speakers, the most joy-filled people in this church serve. And so if you want to have more joy in your life, serve. And the truth is, we can't do it without you. We can't do it without you. We could line the entire front of the gym here with people that are leading teams here at City Branch. They're leaders leading other leaders. You've probably seen that and you're like, oh, they've got it all taken care of. No, we would love for you to serve. And maybe that serving means you're serving outside the church. Maybe it means that you need to plug in with one of the many things that are going on in Des Moines. We would love to connect you with one of those things. And finally, and I don't say this too often, do you have an idea? Do you have a passion that you would like to see the church take on in Des Moines? Well, let's talk about it. This isn't our show. It's not the John show. It's God's show. And we're jumping on board with God's mission. And if you see a way that God is moving in Des Moines, let's talk about it. And let's do it together. Let's have a party. Let's talk about it. So if you have an idea, we, the best things that have been happening around here lately have been things that the church didn't sponsor. <laughs> Officially. You are the church. You just did them. And that's the best. 
So maybe it's time to plug in. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And sometimes I imagine that I, I look around some churches and, and I see just a bunch of lamps. They got the potential for power and I just see a bunch of lamps and the lamps are just kind of sitting around. They got one of those necks, you know. The lamps are just sitting there. Plug in! Find an outlet and plug in. And maybe that's a small group and maybe that's a place to serve. And maybe that's helping here on Sunday morning or maybe it's in your community or maybe it's befriending your neighbor or going to coffee with somebody this week. Plug in. Don't be an unplugged in lamp. You've got the power, you've got the light and so go be the light of the world. So the four G's, gather, grow, groups, and give. And so that's the roots, that's the foundation, that's what holds us together. And to wrap this whole thing up, I, would, I was, went through this whole thing and I'm like, oh man, I hope that by the end of this sermon, people aren't sitting there going, wow, that's a whole laundry list of things to do. Because someday we'll be a real church. When we get a great big building with stained glass windows and Scott and I will have monuments and statues outside the church. No, I'm joking. But we get into that mindset sometimes of like, when, when we're a real church. John, you say all these things we should do and, and who we are as a church, and I say it's who we are. It's not we'll get there someday. You're already doing it. You're a great church, not because you have it all figured out, but you're a great church because the one that lives inside of you, the hope of glory and these are Paul's words to his church in, in uh, one of his books, and it's my heart for you today. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make requests, requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And I do consider you my partners. I consider you my teammates, because we're all in this together. And most importantly, of anything that you wrote down on that sheet today, don't forget who you are. Never forget who you are. The church isn't just a bunch of random people that show up at a gym on Sundays. You are the bride of Christ. You are the body of Christ. God says, you are my beloved. And today, I love you, every single one of you, more than you could ever imagine. Do you believe that? Plug in. Find an outlet. Be the church. Because sometimes it's hard to be the church. And I want to end with this short clip today. Did anybody see the movie We Are Marshall? Did anybody ever see that? A few of you? Okay, so I'll just kind of give you a, a really brief synopsis. It came out a few years back, and for some reason this film just gripped me. So in 1970 a plane crash happened and the entire Marshall University football team died on the spot. Wow, John, what a cheery way to end the sermon. Yeah. Um, the whole town is just paralyzed in fear. And all the administrators gather together in this somber meeting in the big room at the school and they're just about ready to put an end to the football program. Because it's too hard and it's too messy and, and, and sometimes it's out of our comfort zone and sometimes we don't feel like doing it and so let's just be done with it. Let's just be done with it. What the world has thrown at us is too hard. But we can't forget who we are. And it was the students that day who didn't forget who they were. And the president and all his men needed to be reminded of that. 
don't forget who you are. You've got to know your roots. And when you know who we are, powerful things can happen. Kind of just makes you want to keep on cheering, right? But even more powerful than we are Marshall. Be reminded today, we are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. And we've been given a mission. We've been given a mission that is worth giving our lives to. We are the church. Amen? 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 Amen. Let's stand together.